You're tuning into Spectre Radio, but wait, don't touch that dial, because this is Spectre Radio presents the MCU. Revisiting our favorite movie moments, debating about scenes from the shows, and combing through the comics. We're just three millennials, binging our way through the MCU, through the eyes of the heroes, villains, and creatures alike. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. This is Steve Rogers. My name is Alyssa, and we are... Spectre Radio. Attention all S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. This is Steve Rogers. You've heard a lot about me over the last few days. Some of you were even ordered to hunt me down. But I think it's time you know the truth. This is your spoiler warning. Thank you, Steve Rogers, for the spoiler warning. Again, this podcast contains adult content and spoilers. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. He's a ghost. You'll never find him. I joined S.H.I.E.L.D. to protect people. Captain, to build a better world, Sometimes means tearing the old one down. And that makes enemies. He's fast. Strong. Had a metal arm. Are you ready? All it takes is one step. People are gonna die. I can't let that happen. Captain America needs my help. When do we start? We just did. This council moves to immediately reactivate Project Insight. If you want to say something snappy, now would be a good time. Um, I always have something snappy to say. That's why I started a podcast with my friends. Welcome <laughs> to Spectre Radio, guys. Welcome back. Ain't that the truth. My goodness. Oh, no. So we're uh, we're here to do the <laughs> Captain America Winter Soldiers uh, podcast. And first and foremost, <laughs> I would like that? to welcome out. What was that, Wyatt? Woo! What was that? <laughs> I keep going. Uh, with, with Mr. With Mr. Hot Take, that's probably him warming up a hot take. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so first and foremost, most important uh, piece of business is we're going to welcome back an old guest of ours, Saudi Garcia. Welcome, Saudi. Yay! We Yay. know her! I know her! Yay. I know her! <laughs> I know her! <laughs> yes. Welcome back. Welcome back. You excited to be here? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, super excited. <laughs> we're always excited to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. And now we're going to uh, move to Alyssa for our movie recap. Take it away, Alyssa. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. After the Battle of New York with his fellow Avengers, Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, lives in D.C. as he tries to adjust to modern times. Working for S.H.I.E.L.D. as a way to still serve his country, he works with Black Widow and Nick Fury. But an attack on S.H.I.E.L.D., Navy, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Navy vessel causes suspicion and mistrust that there might be a traitor at S.H.I.E.L.D. 
Fury shows Rogers their new battle plan to defend Earth in the future, but the government doesn't just want to use their three new heavily armed helicarriers on aliens, they want to use them on terrors too. Cap feels that it's holding a gun to everyone's head and calling it freedom. While trying to investigate that suspicion, Nick Fury is shot and killed by the mysterious assassin known only to few as the Winter Soldier. Things quickly spin out of control as Rogers and Natasha turn into fugitives and are thrown into a web of intrigue that puts the whole world at risk. Joining forces with Black Widow and a new ally, the Falcon, Rogers goes head to head with S.H.I.E.L.D. discovering Hydra has been secretly manipulating for decades. And when the Winter Soldier turns out to be an old war buddy back from the dead, can Cap save his brainwashed friend from Hydra and millions of people from certain death? Or will Hydra conquer the world after all? Thank you, Alyssa, for that movie recap. Moving on to our first topic of Behind the Shield. Shield, 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 shield. <laughs> Gosh, we're so funny. We love so, it. So, uh, again, I have a plethora of behind the scenes for this movie. Uh, <laughs> I'll start for this one. So, Anthony Mackie begged Marvel for a role. Mm. You guys know what role he originally wanted? Mm. Um, I think he originally wanted um, an Iron Man, right? No, he wanted Black Panther. I got Panther. it. I think I got it. Black uh, Panther. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I sort of knew that. <laughs> he initially wanted Black Panther. Um, Michael B. Jordan auditioned for Falcon. Hmm. So do, does that name ring a bell? Of course. Uh, yes. Okay. But instead, he settled for, for you know, his epic role of, of Killmonger. Settled for? Yeah. So that's good. a good way to put that. <laughs> Settled. Settled for a, settled for um, one of the better MCU villains. <laughs> exactly. Um, agree. There was agree. rumors that Hawkeye was supposed to appear in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only place I could see him showing up is while Cap is running from as a fugitive. I could see him trying to like hunt him down. And that's where Maybe, they were but, talking about it. Right. But I don't. I think that would have been almost a mini Avengers movie at that point if they would have yeah. added him in there. Mm-hmm. And did you see Black Widow's like little Easter egg for Hawkeye? Her her necklace. Yeah. That was she, that was actually my she my was wearing it point. in um the film that just came out recently and I that's when I saw it again and I was like oh, I have that necklace. I have one just like it. And I was like now I should wear it. It'll be cool again. <laughs> and my my final one so the Winter Soldier wasn't the original title for this movie while filming. Mm. So this was it was, uh, <laughs> Revenge of Captain America 2 <laughs> or something. So this was being filmed in Cleveland and they use the film name Freezer Burn to deter Roman eyes and snooping journalists. Oh, like Star Wars with Blue Harvest and all that. Correct. Is that <laughs> like America, a joke for like Freezer capsi- Burn? Capsicle Freezer <laughs> I guess. Burn? I don't know. I really, I really, really hope so. Uh-huh. So I'm going to move on to mine because I just have a couple and Wyatt uh, took mine, which one of mine, which was bound to happen. Um, So Danny Pudi, who plays Abed Nadir in Community, uh, was a S.H.I.E.L.D. technician toward the end of this movie. That was like the that guy moment. I was like, I know that guy from something. Half of the community cast is in Marvel movies. Really? I don't know if Uh, I ever noticed that. Donald Glover is in uh, the Spider-Man movie. Uh, He... He plays uh, Miles Morales' uncle, but you don't really know oh. that. Um, uh, Shirley um, plays in uh, 
Oh yeah. Endgame. And yeah, Endgame. that's right. That's right. And then the Dean is in civil war when Tony's at the college at the beginning, um, showing off his little, uh, AI construction thing that he donated to the college that makes a younger him. He plays the Dean of that college. Um, I have to look so- for that one. So, yeah. So there was that one. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's grandfather was really an elevator operator. I I Um, saw this, too. And then I read that the movie used very minimal CGI. So that was pretty cool. That's a lot of stunts that they're doing on their own or even just to stunt people. Yeah. Although every every picture I found of them filming this was a green screen. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think it's minimal compared to other other Marvels. Yeah. Yeah, some of that CGI is going to come back later when I get to my best and worst, just saying. Ruh-roh, <laughs> Ruh-roh, Raggy. <laughs> um, a lot of the, a lot of the, actually, like you were mentioning, uh, minimal CGI, all the mm-hmm. heli carriers was, was actually a parking lot. What? They just CGI'd the background, yeah. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. So they, <laughs> parking they, lot. They, that's kind of cool. Parking lot, yeah. If you had the lines for, you know, like where the aircraft will land, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the background so was where they CG'd. But they were actually in a parking lot. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I guess you wouldn't really know the difference. That's funny. <laughs> I like that. Um, the one that I have left on my list is the comparison <laughs> to Star Wars. Yeah, we went deep. I like it. Um, the one I have left is my comparison to Star Wars. So basically, it was saying um, in this quote I found, it's one of the first things we said to Kevin Feige when we met him. We said. You know, this is Star Wars. It's an operatic conflict between two family members. This is his best friend, who's essentially his brother. They're both equally matched and they have equal power sets and they're fighting for opposite principles. But I also got Star Wars vibes with like the holographic council. Did anyone else like think that too? Mm-hmm. Like the I Jedi was like, council or whatever. Yeah, this is very <laughs> Jedi council. And then like yeah. the comm tower with the discs. I was like, okay, Rogue One showing up here. Like what is happening? <laughs> You know, it's so funny, me being in information technology, and they're like, oh, the server blades. I'm like, man, if server blades were that small, we wouldn't need data centers that cost $33 million. (laughs) Right? I mean, they were like the size of SSDs. I think they were SSDs, as a matter of fact. I always thought that they were a little too futuristic, but I'm never sure because I don't really know what a good representation of what our (laughs) technology is because I buy older technology and don't really care. Well, you know, you have the the storage, you know, for SSDs, which are really small. I mean, right. they're getting replaced already, but that's wow. kind of like the in between. But I have some very obscure ones. Okay. Um, to keep it to keep it to to, <laughs> <laughs> to keep it to uh, to to uh, my soldier background as well. Shall we play a game? <laughs> the reference to the movie War Games uh, mm-hmm. with Matthew Broderick when he was like a teenager. Way, way oh back gosh. then. Uh, I love that movie and I love the reference. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was also the very, very obscure one where where uh, did Captain America learn to steal a car? Mm. <laughs> that was an actual reference of the 1990 Captain America movie mm. where he actually steals a car. <laughs> That's funny. Movie. That's oh my funny. gosh. <laughs> and then some real world stuff too, which I, uh, I thought... Uh, this movie hit a lot of chords with me and I'll go into it later um, but there was the, uh, uh, the, the mention by Romanoff uh, Operation Paperclip did anybody catch that? Mm-hmm. No. So, so Operation Paperclip was when the, uh, the well all the allies were racing to capture the German scientist to bring him over to the 
allied side and use their knowledge and technology to improve our own. So for example, NASA was one of them. Mm -hmm. The guy was actual Nazi mm -hmm. who developed oh. our rockets, uh, our uh, rocket uh, was it technology. Warner, it wasn't Warner Von Braun, was it? Uh, to be honest, I cannot remember the guy's name. I can picture him. Because he did the V2 rockets for Germany. The V2 rockets, it was him. Mm -hmm. It was him, so that was him. Uh, but he, yeah, that was an actual operation in World War II where they went out and tried to capture as many you know, scientists to bring yeah. over to the uh, Allied side. And they were working, working for years. Um, the show the, uh, Hunters talks Archives, about this. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, yes, they talk I've about that. that. They condemn it. I mean, to, to be fair, mm -hmm. so do a lot of people. But I think it was probably slightly better than them ending up in um, Russian hands, but only slightly better. <laughs> And the, one of the things, I don't know if you guys have noticed also, um, you know how Captain America, even in the comic books, and even when Captain America comic books came out, it was meant to kind of boost <clears throat> American propaganda to help, you know, fight the war and all that. If mm -hmm. you notice, as a little side thing, almost every vehicle spotlighted in the Captain America movie were GMC vehicles. Oh, oh, Debbie's, yeah. Chevy, you know, uh, were the main vehicles, the Tahoe, that you had the Corvette, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, oh and <laughs> the motorcycle that he drives is what? It's a Harley. It's a Harley, oh, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. Right. All American made, you know, vehicles or, uh, or iconic, really, if you think about it. You know, you have the Corvette and you have the, uh, the Harley. Uh, for someone that has actually lived overseas, those are like highly sought out, out <laughs> overseas, mm -hmm. which I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, I'm sure those uh, brands paid a pretty penny to have their stuff all over the screen, and vice versa, maybe too. <laughs> well, according pretty to what cool. I what I what my research, um, GMC actually approached them to mm. say, "Hey, yeah, do you think that Romanov should be driving a you know it's, you know our brand new Corvette, and we'll provide all these vehicles for you." And I'm right, sure right. she was, really was like, I think I should be, I think I should be driving this vehicle too. <laughs> right, right. That's funny. That's cool. I like it. <laughs> that was a good one. All righty. So moving on to our next category of what if. So mine is kind of a, a double feature. It's like two parts of the same question. So what if we got two members of the Avengers in this movie? One of them is based off of uh, Wyatt and Mai's what if or White and I's um, behind the shield. What if we got a scene where they told Hawkeye to give, you know, to chase them, but you have to see that part where he like intentionally fails at it. So mm -hmm. kind of what would that look like? Would it be like emotional or he would, would he just be like, would he just turn down the, the assignment? And also what if we get a scene where Tony's looking on the news and he's like, what do you mean Captain America is <laughs> a fugitive? This is Captain America. So he goes yeah. to like suit up but like shield like creates some kind of threat that like occupies his time. What do you guys think that that would look like? I'm going to answer the second part of that question. Cause I thought you were going in the direction of Tony being upset because his helicarriers or his, the engines from helicarriers were destroyed and he'd be upset about that. <laughs> that's, that's where I thought you were going. That's funny. But that premise of what you just said is literally the plot to the next captain America movie. Uh, kind of. Well, it's a, it's not really it, the pre. It ends with him being a fugitive, but it, yeah. Correct. Um, 
again, kind of what I said earlier, if we would have had any other Avenger in, in this movie, this would have been another Avengers movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking for sure. But with Hawkeye, I would almost want to see that because we got to see Dr. Selvig's like residual PTSD with the scepter mm-hmm. and how he was like still affected and streaking across the world. So I can only imagine <laughs> like... <laughs> can only imagine like how Hawkeye was affected and like we see some of it later but like you're saying it'd be interesting to like see it sooner and how it's going to affect his dynamic with Natasha and like their relationship I don't know if it would necessarily be emotional at that point because I feel like we're still not really knowing much about him as a character and I think like we've probably mentioned this before I think when we did ask the Avengers but like we don't really get to see him as a full character until we get to like that end game infinity war arc. Right. Because we don't see his family. We don't see that side of him. So it'd be nice to get more of him and more of his story, but I don't know if that would like the audience would bite that. I think they're supposed to be doing a Hawkeye show where he trains. I think uh, is it it his daughter? Yes. I forget. Yep. Disney plus with uh, what's her face. Yeah. She was, she was in pit. Yeah. She was the new girl from pitch perfect. Yeah, Wyatt's laughing at us over here. Andrew, yes, I'm so I've proud seen I've seen you know three that. Pitch Perfect movies. <laughs> Shout out to my best friend for somewhere. taking me. Don't be a hater, Wyatt. It's Haley uh, no, Seinfeld. I'm, no, I, I said I'm proud. I said I'm proud. That, that plus, I'm like in love with Anna Kendrick, so um, gonna gonna pat that myself works. on the back for a good call on that one. Um, <laughs> that works too. To be honest, when it comes to uh, and, I, and I have to concur with all of you guys uh, when it comes to, I think it would have been another Civil War 2. Point, this would have been 2.0, that would have been 2.5 or whatever. <laughs> the would be. Point five. Right. Um, because again, it. I think what made this movie so special at least mm. to me, is that we literally had just three characters and they just went with so much depth into them. Mm-hmm. I think adding another character would have taken away mm-hmm. from the amazing character buildup um, that they did for all three because if you think about it Natasha you really didn't know much about her mm-hmm. this is the movie that really fleshed her out um, who she was what she was struggling with and what she how she was moving forward uh, Captain America you know Steve with his back and forth you know the loyalty to the country and the loyalty to what he wants to do at the same time trying to serve a cause higher than himself but also questioning what was happening um and then the first antagonist that you see with fury fury never really had or really doesn't except in this movie a true antagonist and that was rape played by robert redford's character Hmm. uh, which i'll go into later details on um how in my opinion he was so underused Hmm. um Robert, you know, and mm. Samuel L. Jackson's character, they were incredible yeah. uh, for each other's buildup. Um, mm. And I think they did an incredible job. And I think moving away from and adding another Avenger or any other character than the ones you already had uh, would have taken away from the character buildup that they have on those three already. Right, um, right. Yeah, it and, becomes and technically an four. movie. Yeah, for sure. And technically four, because he did have some type of a little bit of a background on Sam Mm-hmm. which I really, it really, really helped later on uh, in, in, you know, in the story. So mm. um, I think it was great what they did. Mm. Who's going next? I don't know. Cause you stole my question. We finally got 
to a pod where that was my, and I have several, wow. but I'm like, I liked that one the most. So now I'm like trying to flush out my other, <laughs> my other questions. 40 podcasts to be better. Have the same ones. No, I think we did it like a couple times in the beginning. And then we said, okay, guys, every time we do this, we got to have two. And I have <laughs> four and that was my best one. It took me like four, four times to get to that. And now I'm like, oh, let me go back to one of these. That's not so good and make it better. Sorry. <laughs> so somebody else go. <laughs> I'll go. Um, so let me lay down the groundwork. So Fury told Cap not to trust anybody as, mm-hmm. as, as his dying wish. Dying wish. Um, mm-hmm. What if Cap didn't trust uh, Natasha after the, the ship heist? Because he didn't know that Natasha was on a separate mission once she got on board was to steal the data. But what if Cap was like, okay, that's it. You're done. You're, you're, you're exiled. I, I can't trust you. How would that have progressed the movie? Mm. Or not progressed it? I mean, he needed her, especially her technological prowess and experience. Like he just, he may be learning a lot, but he's not learning at that rate to be able to, uh, they, there was, I feel like that there were key moments that like they needed her for that he couldn't do by himself. Like, you can have all the strength in the world. That doesn't mean you can, you know, track your way back to uh, your old army base in New Jersey. Yeah. So I think they definitely needed her like expertise and espionage. Right. Because mm-hmm. he, he's not used to being on the run. He's been this celebrity for so long where people recognize him. He went to the Smithsonian and a little six-year-old was like, Oh, <gasps> And like knew who he was and he was in a baseball cap and thought that was a disguise, right? Yeah, and he does the little (laughs) cute little moment with him and you're like, come on, man. Natasha's had literally every hair color under the sun. Get get a brain here, man. A baseball cap ain't gonna do it. It's not enough to hide that bod, just saying. So yeah, I think he definitely needed that, especially like when he was on the specimen, yes. Especially when he was on the escalator in the mall. Like if she wasn't there to think quickly on her feet, like- would have been he, would have, he would have been found out immediately. Yeah. So I think without her background and being a spy, like literally being a spy. Um, and, you know, if you saw the Black Widow movie, you get to see more of how much she's like, she literally had blue hair when she was a child mm-hmm. and how much she like could easily change her identity and like morph in between things and like just burn her whole life and start over in a matter of moments. You know what I mean? And just like mm-hmm. pick herself up and keep going. So yeah, I think uh, without her like expertise in that arena, he would be completely on a on an island by himself there. But you know what? I'm gonna piggyback off of your son, and I'm gonna throw a gigantic wrench on the whole thing. <laughs> so knowing oh, that, boy. knowing that with uh, with uh, Natasha, what if Sam would have died in the tower? Ooh. When he was running, you know, running uh, away from Roman. Well. Um, Romolo and jumping off the 41st floor. You mean you mean if uh, you mean if statistics had their way with the impossibility (laughs) that he survived? I mean, I'm terribly glad he survived, but I was like, wow, of the half percent of someone's going to survive, that was it. Half a percent. It's not like they have the numbers outside the building. (laughs) Yeah, that was so funny. 41st floor, 41st floor. 
Ooh. I bet the next building they build is going to have numbers outside. Nick Fury's like, wow. no, I have one piece of design input, and their builders like, sure, I need build, I need floor numbers on the side of the building. Why? Just trust me, damn it. For the Avengers, that's why. Yeah. I don't like that question because it's one of those ones where you're unraveling the whole sweater and pulling at the thread because then I'm just thinking ahead to like, you know, we obviously have Falcon and the Winter Soldier and everything that comes after that. And I'm like, nope, nope, who, who don't like that. Shield to? Hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Who is he going to pass the mantle on to? And would have uh, been Bucky. Right. It would have been Bucky. Could've and I don't, Bucky, I don't yeah. like that either because we see how unstable he is and like, his um poor attempt at making amends and like i think if steve gave him the shield i think he would be better at making the amends but he does have a more than fair amount of ptsd and the even if even if he finally reconciled himself and he was 100 percent like you know good to go it's like how much of the rest of the world is going to you know see that captain america symbol and still respect it the same like, you know, they already have, they're already going to have trouble respecting it the same because an African-American man has it. But now right. you've got one who used to be a bad guy and now he's got it. So it's, so it's, it's a right. good point who was, about who was unraveling brainwashed and yeah. was very, I mean, we saw that it took him a lot to really start coming out of that. But as soon mm -hmm. as he did, he very easily did not resist. And like, we saw that, you know, obviously he was getting ECT. And so that makes sense as to why he wasn't resisting mm. um, and just let it happen because he just couldn't do anything. Right. He was mm. powerless, yeah. but that's just uh, very scary to think about. Like you're saying, like a, somebody in that position of power where all of a sudden you're having somebody that not only used to be on the bad side, but was brainwashed <laughs> Hmm. and was helpless and, and couldn't do anything about it yeah it also kind of tugs at the civil war movie too because um you know he was basically steve's right hand man in that movie and he was the one that tony went to um was like hey you know where's where's he going you know i i just i was wrong you know i need i just need to find him just to talk to him so it kind of would have unraveled quite a few movies like he was he's more integral than you than people think he is um, in the movies. So, and also like Alyssa said, I don't, I don't like this, not just because it unravels anything, but I don't want him to die. He's a great character. Right. Right. So that works well with mine that, that I came up with. Um, so I said, um, what if Bucky snapped out of it sooner and was started fighting for the good side? Do you think it would have made a difference if he would have, um, showed up in the elevator or snapped back to it on the ground or in the helicarrier? Um, I think so. I think they would have just succeeded a little sooner had he not been shooting Cap in the stomach um, <laughs> while he was trying to put in the thing. I think yeah. they would have succeeded way earlier. They pro they might have even had he snapped. Depending on how early he snapped back to it, they probably the helicarriers might not have even gotten off the ground. So they probably actually could have saved the entirety of three helicarriers. Yeah. Do you think um, he could have said something different other than like, you know, me, all he kept saying was, you know, me, I'm your friend. And I was like, can't you say something like, like if Wyatt and Andrew were in this situation, Wyatt would just say step one and Andrew would immediately snap <laughs> out of whatever brainwashing was happening. And you know what I'm saying? Like, there's some gotta be some like inside joke word. between best friends, right? Yes, like a but if Wyatt word. thought that I was long dead, I'm sure he would be distraught and beside himself and not thinking clearly as to 
have a better thing to say, right? But Wyatt? this wasn't. Don't you the... <laughs> think you would be distraught? <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It wasn't the first interaction. This was like attempt three or four, where he was like, "You know me. You know me." He's like, "I'm your friend. You know me," and that's all he could mutter every single time that he was faced with him. And he, like, he it's... saw Peggy again, and he's like, "Oh, I'd save dance for my best girl." You know what I mean? Like he. Yeah, but Peggy out the... also wasn't bashing his face into no, the ground. No, she wasn't. But like. This was his fourth or fifth attempt that felt like to to break it's, through. It's a dramatic know? it's a dramatic scene because it's a movie. You know that there are like just dramatic things Andrew, that don't make go sense. Go with the what ifs. Don't go with the movie logic now. Now <laughs> now we're losing you. I'm just saying, now like Titanic, you. they both could have fit on the door. It's like dramatic things that like had no place in actually happening. It's it's just how the writing goes. But yes, I'll I'll go with I'll go with a real a real I mean, here's the thing. If we're getting this vibe between Sam and Steve in the beginning of On Your Left, who's to say we didn't get that when he and Bucky were in the war together? We never saw those montages, right? Right. I'd like to see so, a movie just with them throughout. I'd like to see like a Band of Brothers 10 episode show yes, of yes. them serving in different places oh, in the that'd war. Be cool. That'd be real cool. I mean, to be honest, if you think about it, and, and I have to go back to, to you know, what Andrew was saying, it's like in the heat of battle, it and again coming from somebody that had that has been in that situation right you you are programmed to act in a certain way it's almost like a checklist Mm -hmm. that goes in the back of your head and you're going okay check this check that and you go through these things because you're kind of again programmed to act in a specific way um to stay alive in his situation, it's like the only thing, and I put myself in a situation, the only thing I can think about is like, you know me, you know me, you know me. But at some point, if you think about it, he did say something. Because at the end, when that thing squashes him, he does say, I'm with you until the end of the line. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're if right. If you think oh, about it, that's right. when his eyes open. Yes. And it's like, you know, that was the one key that kind of brought him back. Um, right, right. His reverse yeah. trigger Right, and exactly. then he kind of disappeared, it was a, it was and we didn't get to see the result of of that, um, how that really affected him. Right, that was taken away from us so quickly. Yeah, that's right. I totally forgot. It's yep. a very good point, Scotty. But if you think about it, also, I mean, it was taking away from us, but at the same time, think about him walking away. He did save him by bringing him into the shore, and then later on, you see him going right, back right to the Smithsonian and walking through the you know the same the, the place that um, yeah. Yeah, that you got to see him. So, it, boy, it, am I gonna get fired? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was kind. I think like what Steve said, kind of like started like waking him up. It started. But I, it. I think mm-hmm. he had to like re-educate himself, and the longer he was away from the trigger words, I think it takes a little while yeah. for him to completely come back. So I think that's such a good perspective, though. That's really interesting mm-hmm. to think about it from that military perspective of like Absolutely. you have this checklist of things that you have to focus on and you're not thinking about this is your friend in front of you and all you're well, saying and, is like and same. something something we've we've learned from from clones and it's something that we hear over and over again but good soldiers follow orders good soldiers follow orders <laughs> so bucky is following orders and that's all he knows right right is it me or is is, is crosshair in bad batch bucky right now they Ooh. literally gave him that like electric oh thing my God, to turn yeah. up his Yeah, you're chip. right. It's the same He's thing. It's ACT, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, we didn't think about that, yeah. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to say my other what if of like, 
you know, I, I mentioned this before with Samuel L. Jackson and of like, if we get one MF -er, where are we putting it in this movie? Can we mm. just say about that, that for a moment? Cause I so, know where uh, I would put it. And I asked I, my dad this before yeah. we jumped on and he's like, Oh, easy Pulp Fiction. He'd just be like, which one is your wallet or whatever, <laughs> whatever they say about the wallet in that movie. I don't know. I oh, oh what's it. in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I always thought about, <laughs> I never thought about quite where the MF -er would go. But I always imagine when he's when he plugs in um, that flash drive that Natasha gave him and he's trying to access it and it's saying, you know, denied, you know, denied, denied. And it's like, oh, denied by uh, Fury Nicholas J. He had like this look on him. I expected him to be like, excuse me, this is Fury Nicholas J, you know, and that's where he would put it in. That's that's where I imagined it. Yeah. Be honest. I thought that in, uh, there was a scene in the in the in the movie where I, I swore I thought Nick Fury was about to go, oh, shoot, you know, <laughs> with the IT instead. Right, mm -hmm. right. Because when he talks about, oh, you know, the greatest generation, uh, you got this some, some nasty, and you can see it, yes. you know, stuff. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, did he actually start to say the yeah. word? And, and I think he himself? like censored himself because it's Captain America and he's so squeaky clean, right? Like, that's probably Language. why. Exactly. <laughs> Language. Because you can right. almost hear it. It's almost like a and then he Happy goes stuff and i was like okay right right <laughs> yeah i said um when he comes back from the dead and he comes in the room and be like surprise mother <laughs> <laughs> i think that's where it belongs i think that's where it belongs because that man was convinced uh, he was dead <laughs> if i ever come back from the dead i'm going with um as you can see the rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated <laughs> yeah i'm going with that uh, no, if I, if I were ever coming back from the dead, I will go, no one's ever truly gone. <laughs> That's good. That's yep, good. Another Star Wars thing. Nobody mm -hmm. ever really dies, guys. So there you go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I will gladly take us into our best and worst. And um, I feel like this is going to be a bit of a free-for-all because I, I know before we even started recording, we were talking about some of these things that we all were kind of agreeing on. So. Um, and I, I feel bad because I know we had a listener write in and say, oh, you guys are getting so stale. You're saying the same stuff every week. And I pretty much have the same best. I have different worsts for once, but I have like the same best, which is uh, the action in the comedy. Um, <laughs> I said the elevator scene. I thought that was great. I know we were joking about that in the beginning. Um, you could definitely pick up what they were putting down of uh, this tension that they were building of like all these men, these guarded men with these big weapons getting into the elevator with Steve. And um, they, I think they did really do a good job at the end with the comms tower there in the, uh, you know, the little, it's not a comms tower. I don't know what else to call it though. <laughs> <laughs> right. With the, with the chips and all of the, whatever, with the helicarriers. Right. Um, I really, I mean, I've seen this movie before. I know I've seen it. It's been a while, but um, and I was like, is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? And like, I know he survives. Right. But I was like, oh, my oh gosh, the, the Triskelion building. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. So I thought that was good. Um, the comedy was great, um, especially one of my favorite moments, which was like super underrated when uh, Fury was in the car talking to the AI and he was like, window integrity at 19%. And then he's like, does anything in this car actually work? air conditioning fully functional 
And I was That's like, what I'm matters. Sure Wyatt, mm. yeah, Wyatt would say that matters from your trip. I mean, he wears black no, leather all the time. It was probably summer. He probably needed that AC. Yeah, well, the comedy he... in this movie was great. I don't think it was, I don't, I think it's highly underrated. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of gems. A lot it was of gems. the Russo yeah. brothers, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was the no Russo surprise brothers. there. Yep. I also had one of my best comedic moments was Steve's list of pop culture to catch up on. Did you guys yes. catch that? Oh, yeah. So I have the screenshot. I will gladly read it for you. Um, number one, Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. Jisung Park, Old Boy, 2002 World Cup, Disco, Thai Food, Our Friend Star Wars made the list. Also, Star Trek. Nirvana, Rocky, Rocky 2, question mark, and Trouble Man, the soundtrack. Um, I was on the phone with my dad before this, and he's actually a World War II historian, has written a book. So he does love Captain America. And, he, and I was like, I wonder what some other things are that Steve would be discovering that would be really funny to like watch him discover as this man from the 1940s, like now being dropped in the 2000s. And my dad was like, dishwashers. Dishwashers mm-hmm. would blow his mind. He was like jet planes, like these planes that don't have propellers that would probably like, you know, freak him out. He was like rock and roll, the Beatles. Touch screen, anything. Right, of course. And then um, my three (laughs) contributions were Velcro, Cheetos, and Diet Coke. (laughs) So What's more American than Velcro, Cheetos, and Diet Coke? It's, uh, It's not wrong. I, I read that um, depending on what country you watch this in, they had a slightly different list based oh, on that country. That's cool. So I knew that. They, I knew they had that. it for several countries. I meant to put that in my in my list. I think I just assumed that uh, one of you guys actually. I, I think I assumed that Saudi would have it, so I left it out. Sure, sure. I'd be <laughs> um, interested to read some of these other ones. They have all the screenshots online. You can actually check. Yeah, them. I saw it. Yeah, I I like that. One other thing. This is just a personal note. Um, the address that they gave at some point it was Elmhurst Drive and that was mm-hmm. my street growing up I was like oh that's I could have been in the same neighborhood I got way too excited <laughs> that's funny yes I'll go to, to my best I guess we'll we'll round best all together then we'll I go like to worst all together sounds good sounds good so my, my best I thought I'd laugh when I tied this up but I loved how Nick Fury looked like Snoop Dogg at the end with the hood and the beanie and everything. <laughs> yeah. And the eye patch. Um, well, with the, with the eye patch gone when he's wearing the Oh, right. right. The black right. Oh, him. yes, yes, yes. Um, I absolutely love the friendship growing between Rogers and Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole beginning thing, that's a totally a guy thing. Thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Thousand percent. <laughs> Um, I love all the one-liners we get from Natasha. She is probably the funniest person in this movie. Handsome. Um, and lastly, I wrote the the music score in this was phenomenal. Yes. Very, yes. very, very patriotic. I mean, it's Captain America. Very patriotic, yes. very uplifting. Mm-hmm. And from a musical side, every score resolves itself, which is pleasing to the ears. Mm-hmm. So... I also loved it for that. Yeah. Every time we get a long, long, a long, long time ago, that old jazz song. I love that. It's very, I just, that's always Captain America's theme to me. Not the, not the actual one. (laughs) (laughs) I think Um, um, I'll I'll take mine. um, When it comes to the best, I think 
and I think I, I talked to you guys before this and I told you that for me, this has been, it, it's my favorite Marvel movie, hands down. Um, every single movie that has come before or after, to me, it doesn't hold a candle to this movie. Um, and it hits and it hits a lot of chords with me personally um, as a soldier, as a soldier with PTSD hmm. and seeing that soldier relationship and the soldier life before and after. Because if you see Sam, Sam was out and then decided to go back in. Ironically enough, I, when COVID hit, they were actually recalling people back into the military and I actually volunteered to go back into the military. I had a great paying job and everything and I volunteered to go back because it's just embedded into us, um, right. that selfless service. But I love the fact that it struck a chord because it, on everything that they had in there that was very military related, it, it was very real. Um, when Sam is doing the counseling sessions with the veterans, you can hear about the one soldier. She says, oh, you know, I saw people back on the side of the road. I swore a dog because I thought it was an IED. Right. I have friends, you know, that I've lost because of things like that. And the ones that have survived have that embedded in their memory that I can see that happening to them. Um, so again, it, it, they did it very tactfully and very beautifully that you can see the struggle, but it was very respectful as well mm -hmm. because they were seen as, well, they are heroes. Um, and I loved every, every minute of it. Um, the movie is very, I mean, it's probably the most patriotic movie that I've seen in a long, long time. Everything about the movie, oh, yeah. I think, struck a chord with how, and I hate to say this this way, it's like how I, I always saw World War II time was where everybody wanted to serve their country, you know, and things like, you know, it's not what you can do for yourself, but you can do for your, you know, right, your right. country type of thing how those days are gone you know they mentioned it in avengers where he's like oh you know isn't the star spangles a little outdated and colson replies maybe we need a little bit of that you know all-time thinking mm -hmm. um because sometimes i feel that you know the younger generations don't appreciate the sacrifices that some of these you know old older veterans uh paid and the sacrifices that they paid to mm -hmm. right right oh my god i was i was in normandy about two years ago and I saw the cliffs of those men climbed mm -hmm. and I was Same. in shock. I'm Same. like, there's no way in hell I could see myself being shot at artillery running up and then climbing those things while you're under heavy fire. In the technology just, that they had back then as well, right? Mm -hmm. Not having the technology oh we have today, right? It was just insane. The, 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 the sacrifices and the things that they did, I just never imagined a human being doing something like that and being in that level of situation that they will rise above that yeah um, and again it was everything about the movie was beautiful um going back to everything that they show cinematically you know the chevy vehicles the corvette the harley everything that you saw was very american the smithsonian you know you got to see um uh, in the background you know the capitol building and things like that uh, at a distance but it was Washington DC. So, I mean, more American than that doesn't get mm. everything that they did. They did a beautiful job and yeah, putting that Americana into it. And I thought they did a great job. Um, who doesn't love an incredible elevator scene <laughs> 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 where 
Yeah. If you think about it, Steve fought 10 guys. I counted them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 10, guys. 10 guys with a hand literally behind his back. <laughs> so imagine what he could do with two. <laughs> um, yeah. It was just incredible. <laughs> uh, it shows you how powerful you know, he was as the super soldier that he, you know, that he is. Right. And then if you think about it, even further back into the, into the movie, you go back and you see what happened in the Lemurian star. He jumps off the freaking perfectly moving aircraft, no parachute. You can see how badass he is. And then he goes <laughs> and starts wiping people left and right to the point that he kicks the guy, he hits the metal and you can see the metal bend. I was like, I oh felt bad God, for those two or three nailed. guys that he kicked because I'm like, geez. I felt bad for and those couple of guys. One of them, the guy goes flying. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, but, the, but it shows you how powerful and how strong he is. Uh, and you can see a little bit of that also when it, um, in Infinity War, where he's running next to Black Panther. Not only is he ahead of him, he's doing the same thing he's doing the same way. You can see how strong he is. I um, read that um, his strength rises for for his um, like determination and like how he rises to each challenge. So I've read that his strength increases a little bit depending on like the size of his challenge. It w- I don't know if that was canon or anything. So, but as the threats get bigger, he gets a little bit stronger and faster. Interesting. That's a that's a cool theory. Like based on what you were I saying. I like it. <laughs> it's like, like when it. mothers um, lift up a car on you know oh, their child's in danger kind of thing absolutely <laughs> he, he's lifting the car to save his child america right america. <laughs> right exactly oh my gosh but they did it again they did an incredible job uh with this movie and i think they did they definitely did uh justice to the character um hands down yeah such a so good agree. take Sadi. that was great for mine, so I don't have many at all worst for this. Actually, I just have one, so I'm, I'm going to go with my my best. Um, Nat's hair, fantastic. Love her hair in this movie. Absolutely love yes. her hair in this movie. That's a great best we didn't already say. Good job. I love it. Um, his shield suit is awesome. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, so th- his only shield that I haven't, his only suit that I haven't loved is the first Avengers one. It like It looks okay. But I think compared to all the other ones, um, it, it it it's like, you know, I, I like this one a lot. Um, the action in this movie was great, especially the choreography between Cap and Bucky's first scene. Yes. Um, where they're fighting in the middle of the street. Freaking excellent. Freaking yes. excellent. Um, we talked about this a little bit, but I like to see um, this is kind of where we start seeing Captain America's character develop even more. It's kind of at the same time we're seeing in other movies, Iron Man's um, character develop, but they're going in opposite directions. And we'll talk about that when we get to Civil War. Um, Sebastian Sands, a great actor. Again, elevator scene, yes. as we've talked about, not to do it to death, but it, it almost reminds me of how awesome like the Star Wars hallway scenes are. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Darth Maul's, Luke Skywalker's, or, or Vader's. Or even the first one with uh, Obi Wan and Qui Gon in Episode yes, One. Yes. Um, actually, it reminds me a lot of Daredevil's two hallway scenes in in that show. Um, Robert Redford's character, awesome, awesome acting. You know, Robert Redford's an, an excellent actor. I like how even though he was a bad guy, like we all still liked him. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I think the fact that he was like only a Hydra person and not an actual Nazi helps for us to be able to like him. Um, One of the things that makes me laugh every time is when they're, when they're being hunted in the mall by the, the, the strike uh, team, it's literally the same guys he tossed around like a rag doll in the elevator and they still thought it was a good idea to send them. I'm like, you have like a hundred strike agents. <laughs> you see them every time he tries to open the elevator. You see 30 of them running down. Like you have fresh men. They're disposable. They're stormtroopers. Just send Clearly. some more. Right. Um, <laughs> got oh two gosh. more. We've got, um, I'm so glad they made Senator Stern a bad guy. I'm so glad they made him Hydra. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't remember, he was uh, the senator from Iron Man 2. Who's like, oh, sorry. You could see how much a little prick hurts glad yep. they arrested him and then finally specimen <laughs> i'm sorry when, when i've when i've been talking like in in a group of people and there's like a redonkulously attractive like guy or girl there like I, i'm not like gay but i'm also not like blind either i'll be like all right specimen take it down a notch so just just because i like to joke around but i'm not blind i, I got that i want from, that like, on a t-shirt I got that okay. from Legends of right Tomorrow. Now, we're making t-shirts that say we're not gay, but we're not blind. Spectre Radio. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow <laughs> said that. Emoji. It was yes, it was actually a gay guy. Emojis. It was a gay guy saying it to uh, an attractive girl. He's like, you're both cool. You're both hot. And she's like, hot. And he goes, I'm gay, not blind. <laughs> so... Look, that's, talent that's, is talent. We recognize talent for what it is. There you go. Um, and yeah, that's my uh, that's my best. That's a amazing. whole paragraph and a half of it. Cool. Well, I guess I should take us into our worst. Um, you would, so- wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, Saudi, tell them. Here's the popcorn. Thank you for, go off, girl. Go thank off. you for recognizing that. Popcorn. Um, so question, guys. What's the name of this movie? I don't Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Then and how much of the Captain America 2, The Reckoning? Then why does it take 32 minutes in the movie until we see the Winter Soldier, and then another 24 minutes after that until we see his complete face? This man time stamped this shit because they made I did, it. I a mystery. It and I wrote it down. It was supposed <laughs> to be a mystery. That. It's called a plot twist. I don't know if you've ever and heard of it. It's a literary I, device I, I, ac- designed I, I, to make a story to more interesting. Point, According to Wyatt's point, I think they should have shown a scene of him assassinating someone years ago at like the very beginning of the movie and then it flashing forward to today's time. That way it would have added I mean, like, like Wyatt said, didn't they give us some 30 Bucky Cap stuff in the beginning? Didn't they kind of refresh our memory a little bit there? I mean, he no, wasn't the Winter Soldier. Just, I'm but... talking about just as the Winter Soldier. Seeing uh, Bucky is different uh, than seeing the winter. Right, soldier. but I think that's kind of like they want you to figure it out, kind of thing. They don't want to spoon feed it to you. You know, right. what I, mean? I don't want you to They're... know that Bucky is the winter soldier. Right. right. No, I'm saying they and show they, him when with they the zoom mask, in, they right, show him when they uh, zoom sniping into the, somebody. That's when, what I think. With his eyes, like you can, if you know, you clearly know. Yeah. You, right. If well, you know, you know. But <laughs> once you know, you know. But look, we're almost you know? halfway through the halfway through this movie, and he's just being shown. Mm-hmm. I understand this is a Captain America movie. I understand it's with his development through it. And I'm I'm very pleased with this movie. I'm not knocking this. This is definitely top five for me. But don't name it the Winter Soldier if we're only going to see him halfway through it. So I mean, what's we, the we new see, title, Wyatt? Well, we see what Falcon the first couple movie? minutes. So Captain America and Falcon. Freezer burn. 
Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Captain America, the capsicle. The capsicle. capsicle. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, you rename it anything else and you're like giving away what happens. Like anything with like fury dying or like. You give away call what it happens. Captain, Captain America and Black Widow adventures. Like what do you. Adventures of Superman and Lois or something like right, that. Right, right. You can call it, you can have Falcon in it because in the title because he was introduced in the first couple minutes of the movie. I think he was introduced in the opening scene of the movie. Yeah, he, he was in the opening scene running. Would, would that have would that have satisfied your yeah. your your interest, Wyatt? Like I said, I'm very happy with this movie. I am mm-hmm. very happy with it. But to your, your point, no? wait, to your point, Andrew, no, they don't either. introduce him as the Falcon until like halfway through the movie. Right, he's you just assume Sam. he's just a you you seem he's just a pilot, which he never he's was just a, a guy. Pilot. Right, right. Okay, they never say anything about Falcon. It's never mentioned. He just Falcon like comes thing. out in a costume, and they're like, "What the?" Yeah, like, they, hey guys, there's I can no fly. mention of hey guys, Falcon. I'm also a shield. I, I think they, the only I time think you they... see the name is on the on the ledger. That's the right, only time you right, see the name. Right. Other than that, you have no idea. I think the Falcon. creators and the writers assume at this point that anytime anyone sees a character in these Marvel movies, they Google who is Bucky Barnes and it'll come up Winter Soldier, <laughs> who is Sam Wilson. <laughs> so I think I think there's a little assuming on their part, but it's a good point. Was this your hot take, by the way, Wyatt? No, because this was not. only lukewarm at best. Okay. No, it's not. I was about to be disappointed. I'm, I'm warming up to that. Oh, boy. Um, so this is a beef I had in Star Wars as well. If you're going to kill a character, kill them. This was also on my list. I said, Nick Fury not dying is one of my worst. <laughs> like, so it, don't get me wrong. I don't want him dead, but also no. it's the Chewbacca. And it's the Chewbacca we, fallacy. All we over got again, Chewbacca guys. over again. If you watch Manifest, you got that head yep. CI, whatever guy who comes back. Spoiler yep. alert. Sorry. Yep. Um, it's a little bit different when you get people who are that kind of spy who die. Like that's something that literally ha- can be or has been in their resume as far as something they've done as part of their job. So if they would have done it to maybe somebody else who wasn't a spy, I'd be totally there with you. If you're going to kill somebody, kill them. But if you're going, if someone's going to come back and it's like somewhat feasible for them to have come back, I'm based on, the fact that but they've probably done that before, I'm more. They okay could with have it. done it in a better way to like. I don't know if this is your point, Wyatt, but like, I'm I'm actually agreeing with you on this. But I'm just saying, like, what you showed, <laughs> you know you're showing, right down the they're date like, time. They're like time of death, one oh seven a.m. <laughs> like he's dead. You know what I mean? Where you like Chewie, we don't actually see him die. So you do have that moment where you're like, is he dead? I, I mean, mm-hmm. we think like they're they're mourning him, but then like. You see the doctor rip off the gloves and you're like, oh, that man's dead. That man is dead. That's not good. Like, right. Here's the thing, though, and, and, and this is why I appreciated what happened and the explanation on how they bypass everybody's, you know, detection that he was dead. <clears throat> Remember that Banner in Avengers, which was technically before this, um, Yep. He was talking about how he was in Calcutta, was it? Yes. I think it's what he said. He was like, oh, you know, I was trying to find a place where I could find peace and quiet and be calm. And when they mentioned this, I'm like, I wonder if that's what he was trying to develop to stay calm so he wouldn't turn into the Hulk. It actually put me back into the Avengers mode trying to think, 
oh, maybe this is what he was working on. And finally, when he just gave up because I didn't work with him, he kept going and went to Calcutta afterwards. Mm. And then haven't you learned anything from Star Wars? No one's ever truly gone. I've never mentioned that so, I mean, I could have definitely called that in Darth this Maul. movie once it, <laughs> once uh, it happened. Ad- Admiral Akbar is gone, and I'm still upset with how they killed him off. But, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but that, he's I don't know, the I still only person that that's yeah. Ah, very good there, there it is. Where, where is your, where is your hot take Wyatt I'm waiting I've got the popcorn I'm, here the popcorn's cooling I'm warming up to it it's not really a hard uh, a hot take I guess in <sighs> my <sighs> opinion but it might get people fired up um might where they're surprised so when Dr. Zola is kind of talking about in the early days of Hydra uh, with um, Redface or whatever his that name was, terrible. Red Skull. Red Skull. <laughs> red. Really? Could it be Clifford the Big Red Dog? It could be anybody <laughs> at this point. The Red Hot but Chili when, Peppers. But when they're talking about how they're going to instill peace, if not, they're going to take peace and take their freedom to instill peace. A lot of, and I'm trying not to go down this path, but I'm going there. A lot there of political go. commentators that I listen to are acclaiming that that's what's happening in today's political climate. So I think this I got, movie was kind of tailored to the political got, climate a little bit. A little bit. Well, this came out in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that was, was last year. And every time I'm like, that was seven years ago, then right? I just want to crawl in a hole. <laughs> so I'm not, I know that I, I don't think this was Marvel's direction for this movie as far as going you know left or right or center or whatever direction they wanted to go but i got very political vibes once i was hearing that granted he was referring back to 1940s 1930s germany when you know their you know communism and all that where it's running rampant um but the the directors called this a political uh thriller when they when they described it so i think it was at least to an extent some kind of intentional they made some kind of illuminati like group so it wasn't necessarily right or left potentially yeah, yeah. but I'm, tr- I'm trying to find the exact quote from what he was saying about it because it nails it he perfectly. said um they, they he was talking about when oh, the nazis yeah you got yep. it yep hydra was founded on the belief that humanity could not be trusted with its own freedom we did not realize what what the uh, we did not realize when you go to take those freedom they resist the war taught us humanity needed to surrender its freedom willingly. Can I just and, say the pandemic well, is the best example of that right there. The sure. end. That's yeah. my complete comment. Even, <laughs> I can give you something a little bit earlier than that. Um, if you go back to, again, the war that I was involved in, um, if the, the the clone of the attack, the second Iraqi, Iraqi war, <laughs> um, <laughs> believe it or not, we actually had means of Attack of the Clones and they replaced the faces with Condoleezza Rice and George Bush. <laughs> and it was brilliant. But if you think about it, how did we get the Patriot to act past? How did we right. go to war? We had an outside boogeyman and that's how the whole country united. Mm-hmm. And we've and right. I've always said it, the only way yeah. this planet's ever going to stop infighting is if we have a big outside force attacking us. Mm-hmm. And it's really no yep. different at the micro scale. At the macro mm-hmm. scale, how do you stop a world, you know, the world wars? Well, you get an outside threat, an alien invasion. You better believe this whole planet mm-hmm. will band together and fight them off. And, and then we'll be back to fighting each other again. Amen. Exactly. Um, it's, yep. it's, a, it's a cycle that we but, get. 
Yeah. Going back to the Patriot Act, the Patriot Act was seen as very invasive. Mm -hmm. Still is. Uh, mm -hmm. It was. I think it was eventually repealed because it just the time just ran out. But enacting emergency powers doesn't that sound familiar? You know, mm. you go back into that situation. <laughs> the and all first of galactic <laughs> empire. Lisa give emergency powers to the yeah. emperor. If you want to go back to that to that era, because I mean, I lived and breathed it. I was in the military during that time. People were willing to give up their freedom for security. Mm -hmm. Right. I right. wanted right. to be safe. And if I wanted to be safe, well, I had to deal with this Patriot Act and the invasiveness of cell phone records and listening to cell phones and, and whatnot. I mean, I right. still remember when I was in the service, I was told, don't communicate through your cell phone. Yeah. I was like, yep. copy that, Commander. I won't do it. Right. I mean, and, and think about it, the technology in the cell phones during the, you know, the late 90s and early 2000s wasn't what it is today, where Amen. they can track yeah. literally everything, right. yeah. even right. if somebody next to you has COVID, but going back to that time, yep. if you think about it, the Patriot Act <laughs> was passed on the base of national security, security right. of our people. Uh, we got to protect American lives. You remove that, yep. and all of a sudden, it's like, no, you're going to take my freedom and my guns. I'm going to fight back. Exactly. Same and it's mentality. funny because, you know, some of this stuff is easily adapted if it's over time, right? Like mm -hmm. we all take our shoes off when we go to the airport. We don't love it, but we know why we do it. Well, not if you have TSA you know? pre-check. Yes. Saying. Okay, girl, calm down. <laughs> Sit down, queen, with your TSA pre-check. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're, no, you, I, I get you it. You can yeah, have there's... TSA pre-check. You still got to take your laptop out of your bag. And no, you got to take no, your you liquids don't. out. What about your liquids? Okay. No, that all goes through in one bag. It. None of it. You, you keep your jacket, shoes, belt, everything stays on. Yeah. Well, depending on no, the airport, I, you don't have to take your belt off. But yes. No, at least I, I totally get what you're saying. You yeah, know, it's been a while. Sorry. When, it's been a while since I got the pre-check. <laughs> when 9-11 happened and certain security measures had to go into effect. Yes, we had to sacrifice some of our freedom. Yeah, but my mom I lost was... her job. She was a travel agent and mm. they let her go because nobody wanted to fly. Absolutely nobody wanted to travel. Sure. Yeah. And, at that time. I I get it. I just had very political um, I guess not vibes, but like feelings when I was here and yeah. talk talk about all that. I'm like, ooh, that's kind of what most some political commentators felt about what was going on now. Yeah, on either so, side. On yeah, either yeah, side. Sure. So yeah, for sure. for sure. So it's not really a hot take. It's just something that's like, ooh. That caught me off guard. Well, and it's, I really yeah, Alyssa said it's very adaptable to any sort of time. If you like look at certain countries like Nazi Germany, for example, um, they they did that back then. Uh, and I think um what was the the scientist who gave uh Cap the uh the injection? He talks about everyone forgets that the first country the Nazis invaded was their own. They took all of their citizens' weapons. Same thing happened in Cambodia, you know, Paul Pot and the killing fields. They took their weapon because they gave up their freedoms and, and look what happened. So it's kind of like Alyssa said, it's very easily um, adaptable to like any sure. circumstance that's happened. Sure. I mean, and that was like that turned my head real quick. But then as a, as a movie progressed, I, I forgot about it once I wrote it down. Right. So like I said, it's not really a hot take. It's just my own my own head, my own opinion on that. That was your um, least hot take of all your hot yeah, takes. Yeah, that's my, like I said, I, I wasn't warming up to a big one. That's, that's, yeah. that, that's for next week. Alyssa, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. what are yours? Uh, yes, and now I'm just sitting here thinking about Stanley Tucci. So thank you, Andrew, for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, 
then my we're talking politics so then my brain went welcome to the 75th annual hunger games with him doing the whole thing i can't okay now that that's done um yeah i had the villains as one of my worst um like we said i totally agree that there wasn't enough build-up in that story for us to like really sink our teeth into it um and like somebody else said i think it was Saudi that said they're too likable um so i think like i totally agree with it like you were definitely at that point where um agent carter's granddaughter or whatever her name is emily what's her face had the gun to the guy and you were like Van yeah Camp. get him get him girl get him but you weren't 18, like Ooh, i want to see this guy suffer you were like i hate you because you're a bad guy and that's all i know um yes agent 13 thank you so yeah i feel like we needed a little bit more in the story ages like them. fine wine by the way <laughs> like she was cute in this movie and then in falcon and winter soldier yeah. she was hot. yeah yes um i said this was coming back the cgi the old lady cgi like why they got to do peggy like that guys like uh, first of all have you ever seen an old woman with hair that long in your life other than titanic no that long and full either <laughs> oh, it was no, full no, no, it wasn't no, thin no, no. no my my great grandmother had uh hair that was past her mid back full set of hair it was gray okay hold on sure i'm gonna, I'm gonna say this hair and i'm gonna say this very respectfully uh women and men and women in america do and especially other really really industrialized countries do not age as well as people in other countries <laughs> do that's especially, not even what i'm saying especially I'm saying if the they're more first generation cgi is unbelievable but i'm just going off of the full realistic. hair thing I, I was no, in yeah. Guatemala. The oldest person I met was 95. I thought she was 63 years old. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Uh, so yeah, they no, just do not What age I'm trying to say is they're trying to make her still look like Peggy so you can recognize her with her hair and that like bouffant, like mm-hmm. 40s, like almost like a victory role taken out kind of mm-hmm. like poofy, voluminous hairstyle. Like I got that. I understood that they were like, oh yeah, she's still doing the 40s thing. But like, no, nah, girl, like my grandmother was, you know, born and raised through the depression. She had a perm tight to her head mm. the day she died. Okay. She was not doing the bouffant <laughs> kind of thing. So that whole thing, I was like, I get what they're trying to do, but I don't love it. It's not believable to me. Mm. Um, I just didn't see it. And um, the last one I had was the fact that these people um, in the, the civilian crowds we're just like believing that the cops were chasing the Avengers yeah. and the cops quote unquote, were shooting in a crowd of civilians automatic through weapons, a yeah. bus yeah, busting out windows in a bus and people were screaming and like, nobody was thinking, let me actually call 911 because this definitely isn't the police. Like right. what? Not that the police could really do anything at that point since the Avengers are involved, but um yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like that part. I was I, like, this is that was not going through my head the whole believable. time. I'm, like, I'm why like, are even, we... even people nowadays with how politically charged everything is like toward the police, even people now would right. not believe the most hard pressed against the police would not believe that that's an actual thing. happening. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It just was not believable. And I was like, you're losing me here with this part of the plot. <laughs> well, for my worst, um, and to be honest, I, I really had to scrounge. Really, really not to work hard on this. Um, 
the one thing I could come up with that will be easy for me to talk to is all about Robert Redford. Uh, I have seen that man in so many movies. Um, actually, one of my favorite movies is A Bridge Too Far, where he plays, oh, uh, I think yes. he plays a lieutenant uh, in that movie. He was, again, brilliant. I mean, th- that man can't do no wrong. And <laughs> the fact that they killed him in this movie, I thought it was an uh, injustice to his character. Because like what I mentioned before, he's just that guy that plays a great antagonist to counter Fury. It would have been great for him to kind of keep going, maybe taking Hydra underground and still mach- you know, machinations underground, trying to thwart you know, Fury any chance he got with whatever resources he could muster. Um, I think he would have been a great uh, bad guy to counter Fury for maybe another couple of movies. Because again, they could have had their own spinoffs that... just based off of that. That would have been cool. Yeah, again, it could have been something that they could have done a million different things with Robert Redford. Um, I, I mean, I was so happy when he showed up again mm-hmm. in, um, uh, oh my God, uh, Endgame. Mm-hmm. For those couple, I was like, oh my God, this is great. Uh, and that's right, he was during this time here, makes sense. Mm-hmm. But again, seeing him in, in screen again, I thought it was, it was incredible. Uh, incredible to see him again amazing actor i mean it is that whole thing he's likable uh and he reminds me a lot of um uh oh my god from the mandalorian uh, i just went blank oh but um what's um, his face uh giancarlo um, esposito yes <laughs> same thing he's just that likable bad guy you you really like him you want to see him succeed but at the same time he's bad so you don't want him to succeed so you're you're kind of tuggling yeah going back and forth you're like can you lose but not manage to die at the same time <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like you know just slap him in you know some cuffs in the wrist, put him in a jail and you know he's okay so he can come back at some point but <laughs> it's the same situation again um mm. I, I love robert rafford and i think yes. he was just great i love jeremiah johnson <laughs> <laughs> so for my worst um Alyssa talked about one of them um about the the whole police the fake police shooting thing and nobody like batting an eye that that wasn't a real thing <laughs> um so that was a, a little not believable um I, I didn't super love that the helicarriers like crashed into a whole building that they didn't bother to evacuate first um <laughs> a lot and then you know how close that was to the rest of dc other people probably could have been killed you know maybe like sound an alarm or like fake a missile incoming and evacuate the city you know do something a little safer um maybe i know they were like dramatically bringing it down but like like dude civilians uh my really the really only problem i have with this movie is at the beginning when they're on the boat and they say there's 25 hostiles uh there were 33 i counted um, <laughs> that's literally my only complaint about this movie so because every time I saw the movie and they said 25 I'm like that was only 25 I've been saying for years I have to count it one day and when I was thinking about my worst <laughs> when I watched the movie I'm like you know what I'm gonna count this I know this is taking up precious time but I'm gonna count this and so I counted it and I was like aha I knew it I'm not that bad at math oh my <laughs> there gosh. were 33 so yeah, that was uh, that was it. Cool. It's like the, well, the elevator scene. I counted the ten people. Right. <laughs> Literally. Like, you know, I want to make sure I know how many are in there. <laughs> I wasn't the only one who had to count something. 
Well, guys, we need to end on a good note because that well, that went downhill pretty pretty quickly. So let's go to alter egos. <laughs> this is especially fun just between the three of us, but now we have a fourth. Mm. This is going to be extra fun. So what's nice that I did not struggle one bit on this one. I knew within the first half hour who was who. And <laughs> each, each time that person well, did something, no. it, it confirmed it. I struggled only slightly, but I will get to lie. <laughs> okay. So Alyssa Black Widow, 100%. Especially her one-liner as she enters into the movie. It's like, uh, excuse me, I'm looking for the Smithsonian. I'm looking for a fossil. Yep, that's, that's you. me. That's, that's exactly how she would make fun of me. That's a mood. Truly. Um, Andrew, I put you as cat. Because you're the only person I know who, after being beaten up shot at would still forgive somebody <laughs> ah, it's so true it hurts <laughs> and he takes Saudi. no offense to it either that's very no, capital I, I had he's a girl nodding. push me down he's the like, stairs uh, in high school i still forgave her <laughs> that's great <laughs> i hope that i liked her at the time but uh, that's the only reason why I did. Oh my anyway gosh. um and saudi i had you with bucky um wow because- <laughs> soldier Yes, actually, I put that because you're you're <laughs> our soldier. Mm. Um, oh, she is our and, soldier. And I know you've spoken about this before, but the the hardest thing in the military is coming out of the military back into civilian life. Mm. And we're watching that kind of happen with Bucky through the next couple of movies. Is him kind of readjusting and waking up back into civilian life. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I can see that. So that's what I had for y'all. I love Bucky. <laughs> you want to go next, Saudi? Sure. So, like, the more I get to know you, know you guys, uh, the more fun this was because I was like, oh my God, for the first time I actually get to do this. Yay. And I actually <laughs> had to think about it. But, you know, between our text messages and Facebook posts and stuff, I was like, <laughs> I- I'm starting to put, like, you know, profiles. Um, oh, and no. Alyssa, <laughs> Alyssa, I actually have you as Agent Carter. Oh, yes. And, I like it. And this is the reason. And this is the reason. It's because, so Agent Carter's always, again, that selfless service, always trying to make everything better. No matter where she's at, she's always trying to improve a situation. Mm. And if you look at, you know, Peggy, she's in her dying bed. She's still advising Cap saying, hey, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to crumble things and build them again. And giving, you know, giving him advice on how to make things better. She's never thinking about herself. She's thinking about other people. Doing it through Alzheimer's, by the way. (laughs) Exactly. Incredible. She's fighting through all that. Uh, Alyssa, I've seen a lot of that in Alyssa, what she's always talking about, you know, her job and the way she is with, I love my team. It's everything's about everybody else except her. Mm. Uh, And it shows that selflessness, which I I really, really love. (laughs) It's very true. And then... Again, the more I get learned to get, uh, learn more about you guys, Andrew, I oh. actually had you as Sam. Ooh, that loyalty, <laughs> the loyal friend. He's always there, always around, willing to give a hand, um, and very, ge- very um, genuine. Um, I, I, the p- perfect line that I have for this is when Sam goes, "I just does do do what he does, just slower." <laughs> you're gonna you know, you're like, gonna see why a, this is I'm funny a, 
You're going to see why this is funny in a minute to me. Well, editing the uh, the podcast? I, no, no. When it gets to my best and worst or my um, my alter egos, you're going to see why this is funny to me. But thank you. That's, that's very high praise. All I right. appreciate it. Uh, uh, I really, really, I thought that that was a great fit for you. And then to go into uh, Wyatt's, I actually had you ask Fury. Wow. The mastermind, oh, wow. always in the background, coming up with and getting the <laughs> team together and all these dissimilar parts, and I want to make something out of them. Uh, whether And then the thing is, always going against the grain. The council saying, no, do this, do this. Oh, and I'm like, screw you, I'm going to do yes. my own thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Facts. And Fury wow. does that a lot. Because he constantly, they're giving orders. I was like, no, because it's a stupid ass decision. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how I, I see I see why it is like, no, it's a stupid ass decision or thought. I'm going to oh. go with this anyway. <laughs> that's that's my favorite one so far. Thank you. Who did you have? Who did you have for yourself? <laughs> um, believe it or not, um, I was actually in. I put myself in between three different characters. Okay. Um. And, and it's almost, and I think it's, again, that soldier in me, I, had a, I have like a little bit of Cap, a little mm-hmm. bit of Bucky, a mm-hmm. little bit of Agent Carter, a little bit of Sam. Um, and I think is that that trait that goes across the board mm. when it comes to soldiers. Yeah. Uh, soldiers are a specific breed and, you know, uh, perfect example is like when you were saying, it's like, oh, you know, you meet somebody for the first time and you have that bond you know you find out that they're a soldier and all of a sudden remember when you were saying oh when cat meets sam for the first time mm-hmm. how all of a sudden they sit down they talk about what was the first thing that he said he's like oh what unit you're with mm-hmm. and that's an actual very soldier question to ask because if you find out they're in the military the first thing is that if oh you're in the army what was your mos mos yep military occupational specialty and they did try to, oh, so you were stationed here or or you went there. And then you start connecting dots and you start mm-hmm. training stories and things like that. I love that scene. I thought it was beautiful. Um, but that's the, you know, the different traits, the, the patriotism of Cap. Yeah. Fam selfless service. The same mm-hmm. thing with Peggy. Um, and then uh, the tenacity of all of them, you know, Black Widow, she could be down and out and she gets up and keeps fighting. Yep. Um, all those things, I um, there's a little bit of, I think, in, in 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 all of us. I think there's a little bit of us in them, and vice versa. Right, I for agree. sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. That's why I was struggling a little bit, especially for Saudi. I was like, I can definitely see like all of that storyline that we get with Sam. I was like, oh, this feels so relatable to like her journey and like her life. But ultimately, I landed on Black Widow for Saudi. I said, skilled in combat, witty AF, comedic timing, can think quick on her feet, knowledgeable and beautiful. <laughs> Aww. That's nice. um, I don't think I can rock that tight, but that's fine. Uh, you can do it, girl. <laughs> try. You can do it. Yeah. Um, and then I actually picked Sam for Wyatt because I said, He wants to get in on the fight and help even when he's down for the count and he would give everybody his help, his friends, you know, and probably his country too. 
if Probably. he was in the situation, he would do it. <laughs> He's like, if the situation calls for it, I'll help out my country. Yes. <laughs> and then... why, why it is situational patriotic. I'm just kidding. No, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm kidding. He hasn't had the chance. He hasn't had the chance. Yes. Uh, we won't hold it against him. Um, but yeah, for Andrew, I said cap again. I can't not ever nice. put him with cap. Um, and this Aww. time I, I've already said all my sentimental reasons. I feel like I'm out of sentimental reasons to say why. Um, so I said, I could see you with a list of things to catch up on, um, pop culture wise, including Grey's Anatomy. So <laughs> that's accurate. It's very, it's very, it's very, that doctor, show. Like, that doctor show that everybody's talking about. Um, and then I had Maria Hill again. I just, I think she's one of my favorite, like minor characters in the MCU. And I put, um, I can actually keep a secret guys. Like you don't think I can, but like, I can actually keep a secret. And like, she kept a secret the whole movie about like Nick and everything. So you're welcome. So I love Maria Hill too. I think she's awesome. She's great. Sure. The, the, the scene that where she looks through the camera and she sees the guys rolls the chair back. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yes. That was cool. And going. she's like, you got one minute. Like, yes. That was cool. So accurate. So the Love reason it. I kept laughing for Saudis is because um, for, for two out <laughs> of the four, pause. for two out of the four, we had the exact same people and the exact same reasons. So um, for Wyatt, I had Nick Fury. Nice. Um, you keep things very close to the chest. Mm-hmm. Um. This is true. Including and up to your non-disclosed activities tomorrow. Um, Yeah, exactly. He won't tell us what he's up to. Uh, Okay. Um, There's that. Sounds like somebody knows. (laughs) I'm in trouble. Um, So, and then for myself, I picked Sam Wilson. And I picked it, I have it written for the exact same line that you said. Oh, so I said, if, if one of my best friends wants to do something and they're like on a mission and I'm with them a hundred percent, I do what he does just slower. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have that written down. So I was just like, there's no friggin' way. I'm dead. <laughs> um, for Sadie, I picked, um, Maria Hill. She is 100% the trusted advisor of Nick Fury. And mm. she's the behind yes. the scenes. She's the behind the scenes mm. badass girl. Like we finally get. I love it. We get one scene of her in Avengers where she like you know grabs that guy and rolls off the railing when the grenade blows up, and then what you guys just talked about, where she's like, "Hold on a second and shoots those two guys. But Fury's always calling her. She's the behind mm-hmm. the scenes. She's like she like when when Fury's like, no one knows all the secrets because you know I don't tell. Uh, I'm pretty sure you tell Maria Hill all of the secrets i'm pretty sure that she knows all of them personally what I'm saying. I, yep. and then Alyssa, once again i had uh black widow uh for her so you're you are trustworthy like you just like the you hair. were just saying i can keep a secret <laughs> oh the, the hair helps um yeah <laughs> you, and you said it you know great you said you just now you're like i can keep a secret guys and you know on all that so it she is unexpectedly <laughs> trustworthy yeah. in this movie Andrew, I can keep a secret. I can keep a secret real good because it's a secret and I'm keeping it. Or you can do that line that she said. And he's lost. Act like I know everything. (laughs) I only add, that's actually a great line for Alyssa. (laughs) I only act like I know everything. Yep, that's fair. I only act like I know everything, Roger. (laughs) Well, guys, I have one question. Who the hell is Bucky? (laughs) (laughs) 
And that unfortunately is going to do it for us tonight. A huge, huge thank you to Saudi, our soldier. Thank you for your service. We love you, Saudi. Joining us. Yes, thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Join us next week where I need to build a soapbox big enough to get onto for our Guardians of the Galaxy podcast. You won't want to help you. He's going to be outnumbered. Everyone's going to be dancing. I have a friend coming on. He's always outnumbered. But that doesn't stop me, does it? Yes, no, it I'm does not. I'm so excited. <laughs> we'll I can't wait to, see, to hear that one. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram as at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Ask the Avengers. This is Spectre Radio, signing off.